Welcome back to Meet the Creatives. Today I'm joined by Amanda Linden, the head of design at Facebook AI. Amanda, welcome to Meet the Creatives. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. This has been a long time coming. I'm excited that we're doing this. I am a, a huge fan of Facebook, as I mentioned before the show. Just to, to fanboy on Facebook for a second, I really, over the years, have grown to love Facebook. It's been, especially during the pandemic, has really been um, so valuable to not only to meet the creatives, but in, in my life in general and connecting me with my family. Um, my dad, previous to the pandemic, was never really on, I mean, he was on Facebook in the social sense, but I really kind of turned him on to the boundless utility of Facebook. We now have like uh, Facebook live streaming for the church and it's worked out amazing. He thinks that he's like a superstar now. And, um, you know, <laughs> I, I sell things on a regular basis on, um, Facebook Marketplace, and just I just I love Facebook and everything about it, and all the people who work there. And um, today I want to learn more about that. So who better than you, the head of design at Facebook AI? So let's get into it. Um, how did you? And I know this is kind of skipping ahead here in your story, but sure. since we're on the topic of Facebook, while we're here, uh, how did you get into this? How did you get into um, the tech space? And I guess we'll uh, we'll go from there. Yeah, so I'm a little bit of a dinosaur. I'm 45 years old. And so uh, I went to UC Davis and I got a degree in graphic design. Mm -hmm. um, and I was, I think, one of the first classes to learn HTML3 and uh, <clears throat> to have computer science and, and web design be a part of the curriculum. Um, and I graduated and there was uh, like a list of internships or job postings for um, traditional graphic design and then fashion and interior architecture. Um, and the ones for web design were just like, I mean, there was, uh, you know, dozens and the others, it was like pretty sparse. Um, and so I, I kind of veered into the, the tech space from there. I was pretty unknowledgeable in the beginning. I remember going to monster.com and finding like 94 job postings for things like webmaster. And um, I like attached my resume to an email and didn't even BCC. I just CC'd all 94 <laughs> and like hit send and was like, all right, I have this minute my resume. And now we wait. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did the and same thing. So don't feel too that. bad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so um, it worked actually. So uh, even though I was, uh, you know, I wouldn't do that today. <laughs> it's a law of averages. Yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> that was the beginning of my career. I started at design firms uh, mm. working as like the person who knew how to do the website version of the, the portfolio. So we might have a company coming in that was selling software and there'd be a designer that did the packaging and then I would do the website. Um, and from there, I um, switched to uh, trying to think what the, I, I've worked at a lot of places, Yahoo. Um, I did some enterprise working at like uh, Intuit and uh, PeopleSoft before it got acquired by Oracle. Um, after Intuit, I went to a company called Asana, where I was the head of design at Asana for several years. Um, and then from Asana, I decided to go to Facebook. Um, what was it about tech? And Because you know, I know that for me, I, I'm also from like the graphic design branding space. Yeah. I've always kind of, I've always appreciated, you know, the utility that that is made possible through tech. But what was it about the Facebook in particular that made you want to go there? 
Yeah, well, tech, I was drawn to tech because I graduated as the internet boom was happening. I mean, right. it was the days of like, you know, I, I don't even remember what like web van, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> the first version of, they all, half of them died. Um, but man, it was, it was exciting. I'm, you're living in San Francisco. I mean, this is what you're going to be doing. Even people who graduated with like an English degree were working in tech. It was right. a very exciting time. Yeah. Um, and I've really enjoyed it. I think I was not drawn to the print world because I make mistakes. And so I would create this like beautiful packaging and then we'd run 500,000 of them. And then I'd look and see there was a misspelling that like needed to be fixed and just like <laughs> sheer desperation around that with yeah. a website or an app. It's like, oh, we found a glitch. Great. Let's just fix that. <laughs> right. So um, I like the impermanence of it. Um, and I like that it's always changing. Um, yeah. And then, uh, I mean, I, I have a tendency to switch roles when I feel like the team is ready for me to leave. So um, I left into it after redesigning um, QuickBooks and payments and payroll. We kind of like bundled them into one suite and did a big redesign. Um, and that's when Asana reached out um, and I left Asana after we had redesigned and rebranded Asana and I had built up um, the design team there and there was strong leadership in place um, and joined Facebook at a time when, you know, Trump had been elected. Uh, and for me, um, on a personal level, I just thought that there would be no more important use of my time than uh, looking at uh, how how we could ensure safety on the Facebook platform and integrity. It's funny. I was talking to my dad today about you coming on the show and, you know, I was like, yeah, I'm talking to somebody who has like a really big job at Facebook. She's like the head of AI uh, at AI design at Facebook. And he's like, oh, yeah. like, that's cool. Like, like, uh, that's like artificial intelligence, right? I was like, yeah, no, totally. And I was like all confident and shit. And he's like, like, what does that, like, what does that mean? I was like, well, and I started explaining it and I was like, I, I kind of don't know, but I'm really excited yeah. to find out about it. <laughs> so, yeah, totally. so I'm, I'm sure you probably have to do this a lot, but, um, yeah. you know, I know that you were working on, on profile and search and we can definitely get into that, but in, in terms of like present day, um, yeah. if you, when you yeah. explain to people at cocktail parties, how does it go? <laughs> right, exactly. Okay. So, uh, first of all, in Facebook, layman's terms. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Facebook, the company is, you know, Facebook, Instagram, Oculus, WhatsApp, um, and so uh, the artificial intelligence group provides AI technology to that, what we call the family of apps. Um, and some examples of AI technology are like, if you watch a video and you don't have sound on and you see captions showing up, um, AI is listening to the video and automatically generating those captions for you. Um, if you are um, using Facebook and you get a notification that someone has uploaded a photo of you, that's because we have um, face recognition and we can tell whenever your, your likeness is being used. Um, and we use face recognition uh, across the family of apps. So it makes yeah. sense to build this technology one time um, and then uh, that way we can use it wherever it may be needed. Yeah. Um, so the AI team provides technology to the family of apps and we, the first 300 people in the AI group were all engineers. So no, you know, PMs or, 
or designers or user researchers. You know, I've been working to build out the design team within AI and really define what an AI designer does. Um, we are working with researchers who further the science of AI. Um, and so they may come with something like, hey, we've found a cool way to have AI um, map uh, the movements that you make. Uh, and then if uh, you upload a photo of you, we can have AI make you do the movements from another video, you know? So if right. there's a beautiful ballerina, for example, then you can have like another person who doesn't do ballet show up as, as doing that same pose. Right. Um, and so, so cool. you're That's looking at, just like, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, and so you're looking at capabilities that are coming down the pike. Like here's what AI can do. Um, and then you're figuring out like, okay, well, we're at the Facebook company. What do we want to use AI for? Um, and our general way of using AI is to protect people, to connect people and to empower people. Um, and so then we get to create ideas around like, well, what does that mean? Um, so some of the things that we design are features that we think would be cool in a um, Facebook marketplace setting. Um, and then some of the things that we work on are features in new product experiences that don't exist yet. Right. Um, and some of the things that we work on are, you know, ensuring that our products and use of AI is, is safe and, and fair across the company. So how does, you know, there's traditional um, product design and then there's the AI product design. I would imagine that they're, they're very different. Um, can you maybe explain how, how they're different? Yeah, so um, the back in the day when we were all making websites and the mobile revolution happened, I think a lot of us um, were initially a bit confused around like, okay, well, how is mobile design going to be different from web design? Um, and the capabilities that a mobile phone has is that it knows your location, it has GPS technology, and then it has a camera input system, right? Otherwise, it's pretty similar to a computer. Maybe there's a smaller form factor, there's touch screen capabilities. But what you first had to do is, is list out those, those technical changes and then figure out like, okay, how am I going to take what people do on a website and have them do it on the phone? So you would have like, um, maybe I'm going to do my taxes. And initially people thought I'll never do my taxes with my mobile phone. That's ridiculous. Right. Um, but then it turns out that it's like much easier to take a picture of your W-2 for some people who have a simple tax situation right. and then submit TurboTax in like one click than it is to, um, you know, use a website and enter in all your data manually. Right. Um, right. The, the process of designing for AI is similar in that you're looking at the technological capabilities, but instead of just having two or three, like the mobile phone had, there's like dozens. And so it's, it's wildly more complex. Right. Um, I've spent some time working with designers to come up with like a different framework. Um, and, and what works well for us is, you know, the traditional design process has the steps of empathize where you're learning about your users and getting a sense of the problem, define where you're like putting the requirements of the solution in place, like what is success going to look like? And then you ideate, you come up with a bunch of options and then you refine and prototype and then you test to find out if it's working. And if not, then you go back and 
empathize again. So that's the traditional process. Right, um, right. I think in the in the AI team, we have to do a little bit more within each of those swim lanes. So in addition to empathizing with users, we also have to actually articulate the future we're looking to create, right? More so than ever, there are situations where we're like, yeah, that could be done, but we wouldn't want it to be done. Um, and so um, you're looking to specifically say things like, I don't want AI to dominate people. I want AI to be a tool for people. People in AI will work together. Um, or the future I'm looking to create is one that is more sustainable. And so my product is going to um, you know, promote environmental sustainability. Uh, um, at Facebook, we generally are looking to give people a voice to build connection and community. We want things that serve everyone. So fairness and inclusion is really important. Um, we want people to feel safe um, and we wanna promote economic opportunity. Um, and so that's that's kind of what the imagining a better future is like the key component that, that goes along with empathizing. Right. Um, and then when you're defining, you're not just defining like, well, what are the requirements we want to have here? You're also defining AI capabilities. Um, and so there you're figuring out like, um, what would I use in order to help solve this problem? Is it natural language processing? Is it the ability for computers to see? Is it uh, making predictions based on data or completing basic tasks? Or, you know, is it, um, will the AI need to understand the context of the person to know that they're in their car or, you know, out at a park? Um, and so you're looking at AI capabilities in addition to uh, the, the people problems and defining the requirements. Um, and then when you're ideating, it's not enough to just come up with ideas. Many, many times where things fall short in AI is you've got a great idea. Um, AI is being used, but um, it's gonna be difficult for AI to have the data it would need to do its job well, and there's not a good feedback loop for the AI. Um, so you can imagine one, one product that I think does a great job of data and feedback loops is um, Google Docs, right? So if you're using Google Docs, as you're typing, it's giving you recommendations for words that might help you complete your sentence. Yeah. It's pretty lightweight, it's not very intrusive. And you're giving the AI feedback as you're typing because you're either taking the suggestion, which gives the AI a pat on the back, keep suggesting that, or you're typing something else. And then it's like, ah, that instead, got it. So it all makes sense now. I'm always like, it's how does learning. It, it knows, yeah. oh my God, that's so crazy yeah. because I'm like, how does it know? And the Google AI will actually help me to like, Cause there'll be times where I'll be like a little bit aggravated in an, in an email and I can, I'll, I'll like start off the thing. So and then it's I, nicer I, than you would be. It's like, yeah, no problem. This should have happened yesterday. And it's, it'll be like, yeah, no problem. Let's touch base about this tomorrow. And I'm like, I know it's good enough. a lot friendlier. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know. I have noticed that's that AI. Too. That's so cool. Right. See like the common person like doesn't even know. Right. You don't think about it. No one it's happening. 
That's but you can imagine how terrible that product would be at recommending the end of a sentence if it wasn't constantly listening to what you do instead. Initially, the AI was probably really bad. They yeah. shipped it probably internally. And, you know, employees at Google probably saw recommendations that made no sense at all. Right. And then it keeps learning and learning and learning. And now that it's rolled off globally, um, it's learning in multiple languages, you know, so it's, it's, it's learning exponentially. When right. I personally use Facebook, there's little, if any friction in, in the experience. It's always like very intuitive. Like I can use Facebook as somebody who is really tech savvy. And I think that I can kind of dig in deep to all that it's capable of doing. And I really enjoy that. But yeah. at the same token, my grandma, by the way, this is, a, I, I, I want to like, how, how you guys like watch her use Facebook because she's just now got an iPad. I think she's, nice. uh, she's 80, 88 or 89 years old. She's never been on the internet before. And, um, I was trying to show her how to use the internet, which is a weird thing. And I'm I'll, to be honest, I'm a little bit like worried about her, you know, <laughs> she's so like naive to things. I'm like, Oh God, yeah. she's, she's like going on the internet, but it was, it was funny to, to watch her use Facebook. And it's kind of uh, c cool that this is, you know, less than 24 hours later, I'm talking to somebody who works in this space, but yeah, it was so intuitive that for somebody that doesn't necessarily know like what to do, she was able to like navigate and slower than most people, obviously, but she was able to do it. And I was like, that is really a testament. So how do you guys go about making, making those decisions and, and the, the user testing side of things? Because it all seems to work so well, but is it just like yeah. iterations of things or like, I don't know any of this stuff, but uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So my first rotation at Facebook was on the Facebook app team. So I was working on the Facebook app and I was, um, managing the design group for search and profile. Right. Um, and when we would ship things there, um, so first of all, you design multiple options and then user researchers would test multiple options. Um, and we are lucky enough that we're able to do global user testing. So we try not to um, make assumptions that something that's going to work in one country will work in other countries. Right. Um, and we get to a certain level of confidence there. And then we ship things internally. Um, and so the version of Facebook or Instagram or WhatsApp that I have on my phone is always slightly different than my husband's because I'm getting, and mine's always glitchier. <laughs> Right. <laughs> getting new unfinished things. Yeah. Um, and so you can see the metrics of how things are working internally. Um, and then you have a rollout plan. You, you, know? you mean within the company, right? So not the general public is not seeing this. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, Julie Zhu yeah. talked about her and her family had were some of the, uh, and you're probably a part of that. Maybe I'm not sure how the timeline works there, yeah. but they were using Facebook live with their families and people were like, what is, what is it? So that was internal testing, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. So cool. we try it out internally first because uh, it's a walled garden and we can see how things go. Mm -hmm. And then um, and then after that, we have a rollout plan and we never launch to 100 percent of the population globally. Uh, I've never heard of that happening. Right. You know, So if depending on what you're launching, the rollout will be different. You know, uh, yeah. in some cases, you launch to one country first and see how it goes. In some cases, you launch to 0.5% of the population globally and see how it goes. And we look at the metrics and the best iteration usually uh, wins and you look at any kind of potential downsides and, and you know, weigh those as well. 
So how do you go about deciding like who gets it first? Because I feel like amongst my friends, I, I tend to get it first. I don't, I don't know if that's because I use Facebook a lot or because I use like the different tenants of Facebook. Yeah. Um, like I know that I got like the, the, the newer, the new Facebook first and then other people didn't get that for an extended period of time. Like my, um, there's a woman at my church who uses Facebook who doesn't use it that often. She only uses it for work and she got it like way later. So how do you, yeah. How do I get picked? And, and am I in the cool club? Am I in like the initial rollout? You might be in the cool club. Yeah, we definitely have a cool club. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> a, a boy can dream. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, are you someone who uh, updates your apps often? Yes. Okay. So I got auto update on. I want the yeah. new thing. I, I got the newest Mac. It, it wouldn't surprise me if the reason is only that you update more frequently than. Oh, damn, your I thought peers. I was cool. Yeah. I also um, use Facebook Live and Instagram Live and all those things a lot. I, that was my theory, yeah. but maybe my theory is Sometimes not right. it really So we really and truly, the design of how you roll something out is, is in and of itself a project. Right. Um, I worked on something called Facebook dating and the rollout of that was quite sensitive, you know, where we're thinking about like which countries to go into first and how to handle, um, uh, the approach of, of rolling that out. And it was, you know, wildly different than if we were just kind of making a tweak in, in Facebook search. Right. Um, and so for every project, we will work to launch in a place that feels um, like we're going to get good signal on what we need to learn with the least amount of risk. Right. Um, and then um, as you gain more confidence, you widen the funnel. Yeah. This is only just the beginning, like in the scheme of things, like technology, there's all, all this technology is relatively new. Yeah. And, but it seems at times, it seems almost like kind of intrusive. So personally, I wonder like, you know, like AR, VR, you yeah. know, this thing, like just staring at your phone all day. I don't know how long that's going to last. Like, what do you, how do you yeah. see like the future of, of, of social media and, and tech in general? Yeah, it's such a great question. I'll answer on a personal level in that, and I'll, I'll share kind of what I hope will happen. Um, so I, first of all, I think that UI is disappearing. I think we're going to get into more of a world that's conversational, um, where you're not really like in a screen environment. You're in a, you're talking to AI and then you're getting your answers that way. If you landscape out the set of interactions that you have, um, whichever ones don't require visuals, I think can, can become conversational and that'll just be easier. Um, a lot of people are, are hoping for something that will replace the phone. I don't think that that will happen. And the reason I don't think that'll happen is that there's still people out there who have landlines, even though there are cell phones. I still have a computer, even though I have a cell phone. I actually have a watch, a computer, and a cell phone. I got it all. Uh, I'm in. Exactly. And so to me, it ends up being an and. And so there'll be this interesting, complex space where it's like, well, I've got my VR headset, and I've got my AR glasses, and I've got my watch, and I've got my phone, and I've got my earbuds. And, um, and then as I go into these environments, whether it's my home or my car, um, I'm going to have capabilities that are there for me um, right. and everything will be ready for me to talk to it um, and everybody will know my context. Right. Um, and so that's, that's exciting. I think that removes a lot of friction. Um, it's highly personalized and 
uh, it's pretty AI centered. Right. Slowly but surely, these AI, I don't know if that's the right term for it, but you know, my lights are powered by my voice and, and I yeah. check the weather by asking, you know, the thing in my home. I know that Facebook has like portal and things like that. Is, yeah. is that how you mean when you say like the exactly. AI and the landscaping? Yeah. And there's so much to think through there, right? So in my home, I have Alexa and also a portal and then I have um, Google Home. Right. And so there's, um, I've got multiple things that I can talk to. My wife and I called uh, out them are robot children. Yeah, I have a lot of robot kids. <laughs> um, and my children have grown up with these. And, you know, I remember times when Google Home wouldn't recognize my daughter's voice and she would be, you know, like four years old and crying and just being like, I don't understand, like, listen, I need you. <laughs> so there's a dependency yeah. and, a, and a like, this is part of life that these children have with right. this UI. And it's so easy for them because it's hard for them to type and they don't have access to a cell phone. So this is their, their entry point into, right. into getting access to information and being able to play a song or, or whatever it is. Um, right. But even in that universe, there becomes the complexity of like, is there gonna be a race toward one or two uh, assistants being like the main entities that you talk to? Or are we entering a world where you have a, an assistant that helps you like manage your calendar and that one is, you know, has one personality and then you have the assistant that gives you information from Google and that does another thing. And you just consider yourself to have this like wide um, array of, of partners. Right. Um, I kind of feel that we're going to head toward the latter. That's my hope. Um, right. It might end up being like the internet where there were a lot of players and then eventually it consolidated into a few really big players. That right. might be what we end up with. You know, one of the things that I hear that people will say about, about tech is that there hasn't been like a, a major uh, disruption. You know, like one of the references right. that people always talk about, you know, like they'll say about like Apple, they'll talk about how, you know, Apple has made these improvements, but like the, when the iPhone came out, it was like revolutionary. And sometimes yeah. people feel like that while it seems at times like the, the growth of tech is like exploding and, and on the other side of that, sometimes it's kind of seems like we're in this weird, like middle ground space. I do think that AI is that next and it, it we're in the beginning stages of it, but it's, it, we're in it. It's yeah. not like coming soon. Um, right. You know, when I talk to experts, one of the lucky things about working in the, the AI group is that we do have a lot of scientists that are, are furthering the science of AI. And when I ask them, like, what can we expect? You know, the general out, what generally they say to me is like, AI will be able to understand everything that it sees or hears in the next five years. Right. And that's, that's pretty massive. You know, that goes from any photo um, but even like deeper context inside the photo, um, medical photography, you know, we're yeah. going to be in a world that is highly transformational. A lot of the medical industry, for example, bases their recommendations on an average human. Um, and just that idea that we're giving everybody the same dose, like we all got the same vaccine dose, women right. got the same as men, you know, 
what will happen when you are able to like fully implement AI is that there will be a deep personal health profile for you. And then you will have, um, you know, personalized health recommendations, not to mention the fact that there's going to be, you know, the ability to monitor, um, and do diagnostics on, on people so that we can identify things earlier. Um, but that's just one industry. I mean, in terms of- I mean, that sounds pretty, <laughs> in, pretty in, significant, in terms, yeah. In terms of the world that I live in, I work at Facebook, you know, and so we're, we're looking for things that, that help build community and, and give people a voice. Um, and AI can make you have creative superpowers. I mean, you're gonna be able to um, generate your own film with special effects. Um, you're going to be able to compose your own music um, <clears throat> and uh, in, in ways that you never would expect to be able to do. Like that, I think that's going to become quite accessible. Things that are now, um, you know, difficult to figure out and require, you know, specialized applications are right. going to be more readily available to people. Um, and then, you know, I think you're going to see the ability for um, people to have a lot more tools if they want to sell their products. Yeah. Um, everybody can have like a personalized assistant that's helping, you know, make those transactions happen. Um, you know, my hope is that AI is a is the creator of a, a very empowering future. And of course, there is the potential for AI to, to create a future that isn't so great for humans. You know, there's a lot of um, right. Yeah, it's kind of like a double-edged sword sort of thing. Humans and jobs being lost and things like that. Thank you for answering all, all of my, uh, my questions about this. Now, uh, for people that want to get a job working at Facebook, that's kind of who this right. podcast is for, not necessarily Facebook, but since we're here today, um, yeah. I read your, uh, your medium article about, um, people who wanted to be product designers and kind of answering some of those questions. I know that yeah. you pro you hire a lot of people, um, you're managing teams. Um, yeah. I guess first a question, you know, point blank, if somebody wants to get a job at Facebook, what are some of the things that you're looking for? And for somebody just starting out, where would you maybe start off? Yeah. Um, well, we hire people at all different experience levels. Um, it is right now we're in a period where it's pretty challenging to find people who have deep AI experience. Um, it's just such a new world. Right. Um, and so we hire people from uh, backgrounds that are AI focused, but we also hire a lot of people from backgrounds that are not AI focused. Um, a lot of people from industrial design, um, people who have traditionally been uh, writers can be um, quite strong at doing conversational UI. Like, you know, what is the thing that the person, the AI would say back if I, and what are the things that it needs to understand? That's what questions so cool. does it need to know? Um, we have audio designers. So people who um, specialize in generating sounds or voices. Um, and then we have, you know, a lot of people with prototyping skills. We look for um, people who are pretty uh, ethically minded. They're able to weigh the various um, potential harm or, you know, how can this be used in dozens of different ways? What would it be like uh, if this happened or that happened? We look for people who are highly um, independent because we don't get a lot of 
we're in the business of creating ideas that nobody's thought of and people aren't really asking for right. um, and pitching them. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, and so a lot of storytelling is important and that ability to be like, hey, if we told you that, you know, AI could do X, what would you make out of that? And they're like, I got a bunch of ideas, you know? So like pretty generative and, and creative confidence. Um, and then we look for people with a, a diverse background um, because it's just so critically important to um, have people from various perspectives looking at the technology we're building and, and offering feedback there. I would imagine that so many people want to get a job working with you guys and there are so many applications for jobs um, mm -hmm. and a lot and interviewing a lot of candidates. Could you maybe talk about that, that process of like the, once you let's say like you're cut out for it and you get an interview, what are some of the things yeah. that you're looking to see? And then what are some of the things that you're kind of, that you see that may prove that somebody may not be ready yet or may not be a good fit? Yeah, so the process is generally that um, a designer would have some kind of a portfolio website online where you could see their work um, and, you know, some sort of a profile on LinkedIn. Um, and then uh, they'd apply and we have recruiters that are looking through all the applications and assessing the capabilities. And then I would get you know, a, a set of folks to look at. And uh, then based on that, we'd select some to come in for interview. Um, the first interview is a, a, like a screening interview um, where we just sort of get a sense of a person's background. Um, and then uh, we do something called critique where or past work, where we um, ask people to sh walk us through a few of their projects. Um, and usually from those two screens, we're able to get a sense of like, does the person have the right skill set? And then also does their work um, hold the right bar for craft? Um, and then after that, they would come in for an on-site and that's usually a series of four or five interviews. Um, and then after that, they're usually able to make a decision. Yeah. Um, the scale of, of interviewing at Facebook is pretty large. And so we have like batch days where there's lots of different interviews going on. Um, and then we have various programs like uh, university grad programs uh, for people who are in university. We have internship programs. Um, so there's a lot of different channels. All right. Well, yeah. this has been uh, so much fun, Amanda. Thank you so much for doing this. <laughs> um, where can people find you online if they want to get in touch? Um, yeah, that's a good point. I'm Amanda Linden at Twitter. Um, I'm on LinkedIn. Um, I'm on Facebook, uh, Instagram, all the things. I, I mean, I have a lot of posts on Medium. My website is amandalindendesign.com. You can definitely contact me from, from there. Thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Bye. Take care. Bye.